0: Thank you for joining us for this series, Well, Well, Well. Together, we'll discover how to have a healthy, prosperous soul. Welcome to the sixth session in our series, Well, Well, Well. I hope you've got your Bibles and your notebooks. I hope that you have come with an open, prayerful heart to hear and receive from God because I believe He is going to speak to you today. You know, in our last three sessions of this series, we have really focused in on our mind and our thoughts, and then we focused in on our emotions, and then our will and our choices. And we've looked at how to really bring those components of our soul into alignment with the Spirit of God rather than letting those things just do their own thing and lead us around. But you know, I think that sometimes we can hear and learn these principles of how to live a spirit-led life, but still really struggle with that. And one of the reasons we can struggle is because over time, we've allowed thoughts and emotions and choices to work together and allow mindsets or strongholds, things that become deeply rooted in our soul. And those things, those unhealthy things that get deeply rooted in us, they can hinder us from moving forward and having that healthy prosperous soul that we've been talking about in this series. So today in this session, I want us to really focus on the unhealthy things that can get deeply rooted in our souls, okay? Now, you might be thinking, well, I don't notice anything that's deeply rooted in my soul. I think that very often... These things become so familiar to us that we don't even notice them. Sometimes we become so busy with our everyday lives that we don't ever stop to recognize what might have gotten deeply rooted in our souls that shouldn't be there. And it's so important that we notice those things. You know, Jesus told us that difficulties will come. Trials and tribulations will come. So we know hard things are going to happen, but these things that get deeply rooted, they're not about what the people have done to us that have been difficult. It's not about the difficult circumstances. It's actually about what we have allowed to be deposited in the depths of our soul as a result of those things. And it's so important that we recognize what they are. Maybe you're thinking, well, if I'm just going along without noticing them, doesn't that mean they're not harming me? I mean, why do I have to recognize what is in there? Well, I'm going to give you a few reasons why it's so important that we do recognize these things. Look with me at Luke 6 verse 45. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Okay, now this verse is talking about heart. So wait a minute, we've been talking about soul. Where does heart fit in? Well, Let me tell you, right here in this verse, this word heart, it's the Greek word kardia. And it literally means our mind, our will, our emotions. Oh, it's referring to our soul. And it means the center or innermost part of our being. So it's talking about the depths of our soul. Okay? And in the context of this verse, Jesus is talking about a tree being known by its fruit. You see, whatever takes root is going to produce fruit. And whatever is deeply rooted in us is going to come out. That's why we need to recognize what's gotten rooted in there that shouldn't be there. That's one reason. Another reason is that what is deeply rooted in us is going to determine how we see ourselves. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Another reason is because what is deeply rooted in us is going to determine our future. Look with me at Proverbs 4 and verse 23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Here again, in this verse, this word heart, it's talking about the depths of our soul. And when it says, that out of our hearts bring the issues of life that word issues it literally means the border or boundaries so what is deeply rooted in our heart is going to determine the reach of our life whether we live a small limited contained life or a vast expansive life an influential life it's going to be determined by what is deeply rooted in our hearts So, it's important that we recognize what is in there. But no matter what has taken deep root in our hearts, I have good news for you. No matter how painful it is, no matter what unhealthy thing is in there, Jesus has already paid the price for our freedom, for our healing, for victory. Isaiah 53, Verses 4 and 5, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. You know, the word sorrows in this verse... It literally means grief, pain, affliction. You see, Jesus shed his blood and carried our inner pains and wounds so that we would not have to. He paid the price for our emotional healing. He paid the price to bring freedom for us from all these things that have gotten deeply rooted. Now, look with me at James one twenty one, because this verse says, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. This says the word saves our soul. Now remember Jesus and the word are one and when it says saves this word save in the Greek it's the word sozo and it means to deliver to preserve, to heal, to make whole and sound, to deliver from suffering, to make well and restore to health. When we come into relationship with God, we have this sozo experience. We are saved. We find salvation in him. But then it's through the word that we continue to walk out that sozo experience where we continue to walk into and find the healing and the wholeness that God provides for us. So you see, no matter what's deeply rooted in us, Jesus paid the price for our freedom and he's given us the word to help us discover all that he has purchased for us. So we need to stop and recognize what's gotten rooted in us so that we can bring it to him, and find the healing he's paid for. You know, most often, the things that get deeply rooted in our soul, in our heart, they seem to fall into four different categories. So I want us to touch on these four categories and let the Holy Spirit speak to you as we talk about these things and show you if you have things that have gotten deeply rooted in one of these categories or multiple categories. The first one is really self-centeredness. Look with me at what it says in James 3 verses 14 through 16. It says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly unspiritual and demonic for where you have envy and selfish ambition there you find disorder and every evil practice this verse talks about selfish ambition literally self-seeking pursuits this lifestyle of self-centeredness many of us have a deep need to prove ourselves to impress others to elevate ourselves, to be in control of everything. And all of that behavior keeps our eyes focused on ourselves. But scripture tells us, we just read it, that this creates disorder. It creates confusion and it opens the door to every evil thing. Because when we're all about ourselves and getting our way We will usually do whatever it takes to get our way. We'll cut corners. We'll tell that little lie here and over here. We do whatever it takes to get our way. Deep-rooted self-centeredness will keep us in a place of living with our soul taking the lead. It's stressful. It's pressured. It's lacking peace. It's lacking joy. And it hinders us from being able to come and align our soul. It'll keep us from being able to do that. God wants us to come to a place of complete surrender, and he wants to help us in that process. You know, typically we associate surrender with defeat, but in relationship with God, it's not that way at all. See, His ways are higher than our ways. And giving up control is the beginning of freedom. Letting God be in control is where we find peace and rest and health for our souls. All right? Let Him show you if there's some deep-rooted self-centeredness in your life. And then the second area I want us to talk about is so many things fall into this category of unforgiveness. In Luke 17:1, Jesus told his disciples that offenses will come. We will certainly have the opportunity for offenses in this life. Things will happen that hurt us. Things will happen that anger us. Things will happen that are unfair, possibly even unjust. Proverbs 18:19 tells us That a brother wronged is more unyielding than a fortified city. That means that when we have unforgiveness in our heart, we become hardened. Our heart, our soul becomes hard. But God wants to help us come to a place of forgiving. I think very often we don't want to forgive. Although God's wanting to help us, we say, no thanks. I don't want to forgive because we think that forgiving minimizes the offense. Or we think, why should I forgive them? They don't deserve to be forgiven. We think forgiving lets them off the hook. Often we think that we are justified in holding on to unforgiveness because they're the one that was wrong. The forgiveness that God extends to us, it's not based on whether or not we deserve it. The forgiveness we extend to others should be the same. The only person that is hurt by our unforgiveness is ourself. Holding on to unforgiveness, you may have heard this expression, is like drinking the rat poison and expecting the rat to die. It only hurts us. And... It puts a wedge in our relationship with God. It keeps us from aligning our soul with his spirit. Because we're actually saying to God, "Uh, No, I don't want to come into alignment. I am going to be in control of this area. I don't want to do it your way. I want to do it my way and hold on to unforgiving. So we can't really get here and align because God's way is to forgive. God's way is to stop rehearsing it over and over in our mind. God's way is to let go of the past and reach for what's ahead. He wants to help us in that process if we will just let him. True forgiveness is supernatural. I can tell you I have experienced it firsthand. I have had a time in my life where I was so deeply hurt, rejected, betrayed, and I wanted to hold on to unforgiveness. It felt good to be angry. I was rolled. But I knew that unforgiveness was going to create a barrier in my relationship with God. So I knew I needed to forgive. So I worked on forgiving and I really felt like I'd come to a place of forgiving until one day God spoke to me and he said, no, there's a deeper level of forgiveness I want to take you to. I argued with him a little bit. No, I'm good, God. He said, no. He said, I want you to pray for that person and pray specifically for this area of their life. About what? That area? I mean, God, do you remember what happened? That doesn't make any sense. But I knew it was gone. So I began to do it. And it was not easy at first. And I'm not sure how genuine those prayers were in the beginning. But I began to continue that process of praying and praying exactly how God told me to pray. And over time, you know what happened? Something broke on the inside of me that I didn't even know was there. There was a new freedom on the inside of me. And I realized I don't think those prayers had anything to do with that other person. They had everything to do with breaking, unlocking something within me and bringing me to a place of greater freedom, supernatural forgiveness, a place that I didn't even know was possible. And he will do that for you, too, if you are willing to forgive. Forgiving moves us from the place of being a victim to the place of being victorious. And God will help us in that process. Now, let's look at a third area where things become deeply rooted within us. And that is lies that we believe. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You see, words, they either tear down or they build up. If we look back over our lives, we may have had words spoken to us that tore us down. Maybe they was like, You're not good enough. You're never going to amount to anything. You're nothing but a failure. And those kinds of words can get lodged within us. But I am here to tell you today, those are lies. They are so contrary to what God says about you. They're lies. So sometimes we believe the lies that people have spoken to us. Other times there's lies that we assume based on someone's conduct or their behavior toward us. Oh, well, they did that to me because they just hate me. I'm not valuable. This wouldn't have happened to me unless I was worthless. I must just be worthless. And we have assumed lies that we believe. They are lies. They are contrary to what God says about us. We have to recognize they're lies. And then there's lies that the enemy just puts in our head. He is the father of lies. All he knows how to do is lie. And he wants to do everything possible to get us to believe everything contrary to what the word of God says about us. When we believe these lies, they take root in our heart and they affect how we see ourselves and how we approach our future. Therefore, believing lies... Anything contrary to the word of God is saying, God, I don't believe you. I'm choosing not to believe you. I'm choosing to believe something else instead. And that hinders us from bringing our soul into alignment with the spirit of God. Because when we come into alignment, we're saying, I believe what you say, God, but We let our soul take the lead and say, nope, I'm choosing to believe something else. And we end up going down a different path. These lies that are deeply rooted will hinder us from coming into alignment. So it's super important that we recognize the lies we've been believing and we take authority over them. We use the authority that has been given to us in the name of Jesus. And then, We need to replace those lies with the truth of God's word. Maybe you're thinking, okay, I've never done that before. I don't know how to do that. Well, let's think about it. Maybe the lie that you've been believing is that you have no value and that God has no future for you. All right, what do we do with that lie? We recognize it. We acknowledge it. We say, Lord, forgive me for believing something that is contrary to you and your word. And then we take authority over it. We say, I will not allow this lie that I have no value, that I have no future to have any power over my life. I break the power of this lie over my life in the name of Jesus. It will not dictate how I see myself. It will not dictate how I see my future in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that I am your daughter, that I'm created in your image and like this, that you've created me with a future and a hope, that you have plans and purposes for my life. And we begin replacing that lie with the truth of God's word. That's how we do it. We can't just remove the lie. We've got to fill that space with the truth of God's word and start believing God more than we believe the lies of the enemy. And then we will find the freedom that God has for us. All right? Now, let's look at a fourth area. Evil thoughts. Mark 7, verses 21 through 23 say, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts. Adulteries, fornications, murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. Okay. When it's talking about evil thoughts here, it's talking about thoughts leading to depraved or destructive behavior. All of these actions start with thoughts. For some of us, Depraved or destructive thoughts have become deeply rooted patterns and a habitual way of thinking. But it's not God's way of thinking. So, it makes it really difficult for us to align ourselves with the Spirit of God when we continue thinking in this way. These thoughts will take us down a different path. We need God's cleansing. And God wants to help cleanse this way of thinking out of us. And his word brings that cleansing and that healing. But we have to open it. We have to devour it. Joshua 1.8, it says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. The Word of God is what is going to cleanse us. We've got to be spending time in it, meditating on it, letting it come out of our mouths. If reading the Word is new to you, find a good reading plan. Get a Bible app. Search for a reading plan for what you are dealing with. If you don't know how to do that, if you're watching this series with a small group, ask the girls in your group to help you. They'll help you find a good reading plan. But we have got to get ourselves in the Word and let the Word of God cleanse us. We've got to start making the Word a priority. And when we open the Word, We need to ask God to speak to us, pray before we read, ask him to speak and bring revelation by his spirit to us, and then meditate on the word, write down scriptures, put them on post-its, put them on three by five cards around the house, wherever we'll see them so that the word is before us and we will continually let our minds be focused on the word of God. And over time, our hearts will be transformed. God wants to bring freedom, healing, victory over all these deeply rooted things so that we can align our soul with His Spirit. And maybe as we've talked about these different areas today, the Holy Spirit's already been speaking to you and and showing you things that have gotten deeply rooted in your heart things that are hindering you from coming into alignment and letting the Spirit of God take control in your life. Or maybe there's things that are there in all of us that we haven't yet recognized. I want to encourage you this week to take some time alone with God, to pray, to ask Him to show you any of those areas that are there. And then ask Him to help you make necessary changes. Ask Him to show you the next steps to take. And Thou, make the Word a priority. Spend time in His Word and with Him. And I promise He will bring the healing, the freedom, the victory that we lead when we take that time. And remember, it's a process. So we take that time over and over again. I want to pray for you. Father, I just pray right now for every woman watching this session. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will speak to us and reveal to us things that have become deeply rooted in our hearts, unhealthy things that are hindering us from coming into alignment and letting you take the lead in our lives, things that hinder us from giving control to you. Lord, show us by your spirit. And then I pray that you would help us to change. God, show us our next steps to take. And God, as we follow you, I pray that you would supernaturally meet us and bring healing bring freedom, bring victory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we've got some discussion questions coming for you, and we'll see you in our next session. i Thank you.